The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to your neighbor to the left and to the right. Um, today we are in the third part of words to live by. Words to live by. And, you know, the culture and the world around us is really pulling a lot of us in different directions and, and people really don't even know what to live for or live by or believe in. You know, some say trust is guru. The other says just tune to the universe. You know, other says stuff like my truth and your your truth you know just respect my truth as i respect your truth and you see the truth is truth is a person and that person is jesus jesus declared i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me so god wants me to build my life upon his word. His word are words to live by. So as things change, we need to anchor our lives on the person that doesn't change, the living word of God. The more things become shaky, the more we must rely on the solid rock of our salvation. So God's word is, is, is the anchor to our, of our souls. These are the words to live by. Think about it. What area of life or of faith or our work with God did God make the most promises about? Is it about prayer? Is it about faith? Is it about holiness? No. It's not about prayer. It's not about faith. It's not about holiness. And guess what? It's not even about heaven. It's not about the Holy Spirit. It's not even about Jesus, interestingly. The most promised topic or aspect of life in the Bible is giving. Interestingly, Jesus spoke mostly about giving than any other thing. It said it in the parable, it said it, said it directly, it said it to rebuke people, it used it to save a situation, and, and on and on and on like that. So, so the question is this, why does God make more promises about being generous than about every other thing? Why? I think, number one, is that God is generous and he wants us to become like him. Think about it. God is so generous. When it rains, it rains on the good, on the bad, on the rich, on the poor. It gives oxygen to everybody. You know, sometimes I think about it, and I think I've shared, I mean, we've had this conversation with a couple of people. I, imagine the way um, the telecoms, God, the telcos sell data and airtime to us. Imagine if God was selling oxygen. You know, <laughs> if we have to, you are getting, you know, you get alerts that, oh, your data is getting low. You know, imagine you get an alert that your oxygen quota for your oxygen is getting low, top up. Otherwise, you run out of oxygen. And we are breathing free oxygen, you know. <laughs> Someone made it available. God is so generous. Everything you have in life is because of God's generosity. And God wants you and I to be like him. John 1.16 says, We live off his generous bounty. Gift after gift after gift. Amazing. We live off God's generous bounty. That is what we live off, is generosity. The second reason, I think, is that God rewards us for learning to be like him. It's just like when your son or your daughter learns something that is, um, 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 important to you, a value, a virtue, you reward them. 
you reward them. So we will look at nine different rewards that God promises us if we learn to be generous. And we'll be done. Nine. There are more, but we are looking at nine. Nine different rewards that God promises to give us if we live a generous life. Are you ready? Number one. God promises good things to me if I'm generous. So, if I'm generous, God promises good things to me. And I'm going to show you all this in the, in the Bible so you see that, I mean, we're not just picking them from thin air and just making them up. Psalm 112 verse 5 says to us, Psalm 112 verse 5 says, Good will come to him who is generous. I mean, continue to be generous. Good will come to you. Proverbs 22 verse 9, Proverbs 22 9 says, Generous people will be blessed. Generous people will be blessed. So if I am generous, God promises good things will happen to me. That's number one. Number two, if I'm generous, God promises my children will be blessed. So your generosity affects the next generation. We've, we've thought about this several times. But you see, it's the word of God. We need to bring it to the surface again. God promises my children will be blessed. Psalm 37 verse 26. Psalm 37 verse 26 says, The godly are always generous and their children will be blessed. There are certain blessings that I'm enjoying, for instance, or you are enjoying, that is because of the generosity of my parent or your parent. There are things that your children will enjoy because of your generosity. And of course, there are things you are not enjoying today because your parents were not generous. But you can change that and you become generous so that the next generation will enjoy bounty that they did not work for. And they will say, oh, it's because grandpa was generous or daddy was generous or mommy was generous or grandma was generous and you will be the grandma or grandpa or dad or mom. So if I am generous, God promises that my children will be blessed. That's the promise of God. Just, these are words to live by. These are reasons to do the things we do. We are not just beating about the bush. These are anchors that holds our souls together. Number three, if I'm generous, God says, it will bless my work and my business. Are you an entrepreneur or you're a professional? God is saying, if generous, it will bless your work and your business. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of your income. We call this tithing. And then your bands will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will overflow with the finest wine. You know, when, when we look at bands and vats, you know, and we're looking at, we're looking at an agrarian um, um, culture, you know, we, we don't really um, relate. We, we, we can't really relate. But when we bring them home, your bands and your vats, what do they signify? Back in the day, when someone walks past your barn, when, when you've had a good harvest, the band is fooled the brim and say, oh, that guy has had a good harvest. What does band signify in our time? What are vats that overflow with oil and wine? What are vats for us? They represent the proceeds of our businesses, 
and our work so you can say your bank account will overflow. Say amen. You could say your investment will be profitable. You could say your career will make progress. That is what your VAT and your bands represent. Your business, your work, your career, your investment, how you make a living. And this principle I'm sharing with you are things by the grace of God that I've worked and worked and seen the results in my life consistently. Proverbs 11 verse 25, Proverbs 11 25 says, A generous man will prosper, will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So, so God is saying, when you are generous, I will see to it that you prosper. When you are generous, I will see to it that you are refreshed. Amazing. Number four, when I'm generous with my substance, God promises I will be happier. You know, everyone that's generous knows this, that when you are generous, you're happier. You know, when you give, when you give people stuff, well, I am. I, I feel very happy. If you don't, <laughs> I will tell you what to do in a bit, you know, to solve that problem. You know, Acts 20, Acts 20, 35, Acts 20, 35 says, Remember the words of our Lord Jesus himself. Himself. Who said, there is more happiness in giving than receiving. There is more happiness in giving than receiving. Now, think about it. How do you feel when, let's say, you, you just get an alert on your phone of 5 million naira? How would you feel? How would you feel? Well, I don't know how rich you are. Well, it almost doesn't matter how rich you are. <laughs> if, you have, if you get five million a lot on your phone as a, as a gift, I will be happy. <laughs> you should be happy. You should be happy. Now, how do you feel when you send five million naira to someone as a gift? How do you feel? Jesus is saying, you should feel happier when you give, when you are the one that sent the alert, than the one that received the alert. Now think about it. Will you really feel happier if you send five pillars to someone as a gift? Even though you want to send it, you want to send other doors. But would you think about it? Would you feel happier? Jesus says it is more, there is more happiness in it. So why don't you feel happier? The reason is simple. You are just beginning. You are just at the beginning. It's like you are priming a pump. If you are priming a pump, initially you, you get nothing. Then after a while you start getting like dirty water. Then after a while you start getting real clean, fresh water. What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. When you give and you become really generous, your giving becomes really joyful. You become happier giving. You are happy to receive, but you are actually happier giving. I'll explain it a little bit further in a bit. So number four, God promises I will be happier. I'll be happier. So if you find out that you are sad, you know, get into giving. If you find out that you have moods that are unpredictable, just get into giving. Bless someone. Make someone happy. Get into it and you will see. In fact, the therapy you need 
is the giving therapy. <laughs> Just make other people happy. Number five, if I am generous, God promises. Now, this is huge. They are all huge, but this is huge. God promises that my influence will increase. If I am generous, God promises my influence will increase. Proverbs 11, 24. Proverbs 11, 24 says, The world of the generous gets bigger and bigger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. That's how it is. So if you want your world to get larger, learn to be generous. God teaching me generosity in my life actually expanded my influence into areas I never thought I could be. Into places I never thought I could be. Into countries I never thought I could be. Into spheres I never thought I could be. Just because of my generosity. Your generosity opens doors for you. You know, you, you've heard a man's gifts make room for him. You know, we, we, we say that as regards um, talent and, 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 you know, giftings. But the original was talking about denarius, was talking about money, was talking about a man's giving. We make room for him. A man's giving. We make room for him. You know? There are cases where, you know, you, you, you need access, you know, giving can actually, I say, pastor, is that not bribing? No, it is not. When you give, you become endeared to people. That is how it is. How did God win us over? God won us over by giving his son. He, he, he gave for the greatest need of humanity. And now we are like, oh, he loves, we love him because he first loved us. How did he love us? He loved us by giving to us. That's how he, that's how he loves us. That's how he loves us. You know, you, 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 boy meets girl, boy is stingy, boy doesn't buy anything for girl, boy does not love girl. <laughs> you know, love gives. I'm going to get, I'm going to talk about that a little bit, in a bit. And gifts opens doors. Gifts open doors. The people that are corrupt, they use it to their advantage. Gifts opens doors. That is how God set things up. I can tell you stories upon stories of my life. I give out of, um, by God's grace from a good place. But, the principle works for me. The doors open. People want to be my friend. You know, and I, 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 even when I don't want to be their friends, at least at that time. But when I need to call upon them, they are always very happy to help. God promises my influence will increase when I'm generous. Number six, when I'm generous, God promises I will end up with more. That's God's promise. Generosity always leads to more. Always leads to more. Luke 8, Luke 8, 38. This is Jesus speaking. Now, it can't get purer than this, really. These are words to live by. Words to live by. Jesus speaking says, give and it will be given back to you. How? In full measure. What you receive will need to be pressed down and shaken together. But it will still run over. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what you receive will be full measure, it will be pressed down, it will be shaken together. Even though it's pressed down and shaken together, it will still roll over and be poured into your lap. 
The way you give others is the same way God will give to you. Hallelujah. Now, this is big. This is huge. This is huge. This is, this is so, so, so huge. Now, I, I did say that, you know, I think it was in part one, I was talking about how I, I used to follow my grandmother to the market. And, and this is just what, this picture, I've, see, I've seen it in the market, where when you are buying something and, you know, and maybe you are buying maybe Gary, you know, and you have your sack and they put the measure and they are, they are shaking it, they are pressing it down, you know, they are saying that, ah, ah, Fissi, put some more, put some more. Why? Because when you press down and you shake together, you create room for more. But unlike us persuading the seller to put, um, Jared used to say, or Aiden, whatever they call it, extra, to put it in it. God is saying, you don't need to beg me to put the extra. I will keep putting extra until what is pressed down and shaking together begins to roll over. And I will still not stop until it falls on your lap. Hallelujah. That's huge. That's huge. So, so, pastor, what? What's your, can this be real? Yeah. God wants to give you more than your sack can hold. That's what pressed down, shaking together and running over means. Because God wants to give you more than your sack can hold. Now, now, look at this. It says, but the way you give to others, not just the amount, the, of course, the seed you sow will determine your harvest, the quality of the seed will determine the quality of the harvest. All those things are part of the way. The way you sow is, is, is broken down into the quantity of what you sow. If you sow a grain, if you sow a handful, if you sow a whole bag, the harvest is going to be different. All other things being equal. If you, then that's the quantity of what you sow. The quality of what you sow. The quality of what you sow. If you sow seeds that have been eaten by, by maggots, you know, if, it's not going to produce anything. So the quality of what you sow. Then, 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 your attitude in how you sow. So it says the way you give to others. That's, those are the things that constitute the way. So the way you give to others, that is how generous your heart is to others. The way you give to others is the same way. Way. So God will give you quality, quantity. God will give you quality and he will give you abundantly with joy. It's the same way God will give to you. So the heart is so important in giving. It is so important. You know, you've, you've, you must have heard it said that you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And that's so true. And, and I've told you, how do you spell love? Are you know how to spell love? Everybody, how do you spell love? Spell love. You spell love like this. G-I-V-E. That's how to spell love. Give. G-I-V-E. That's the spelling of love. And that's the economy of heaven. That's how, that's how God set up the economy. That's how it works. But so, pastor, is it like um, a spiritual vending machine? You know? And, and I say to people, this is not um, gambling. God is not a gambler. It's not kalu kalu. You know? No, 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 no. It's, 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 <laughs> it is the economy of heaven. How it works. So I don't give to get a blessing. I actually give to be a blessing. Huge difference. I don't give to get a blessing. I give to be a blessing. And this is how it works. I don't give. So, okay, I've given. Oh, yeah, now. Give me. That is giving to get. I give to be a blessing. Now, giving to be a blessing is like, it's like uh, giving to get is like you have a bucket full of water. Let's say water is the blessing. And you pour it on whoever or wherever. 
Then you go back to God and say, okay, I've come with three buckets. Now, um, um, give me more than I gave. Giving to be a blessing is like being a conduit. It's like being a pipe. You are being a blessing. So God is channeling it. You are seeing yourself as a channel of God's blessing. So as you are giving, God is, you know, it's pumping in and you are, you are giving and it's pumping in and it's unending. And the pipe that carries the water does not go dry, as you know. The, the pipe that carries the water does not go thirsty. It always has enough to drink if pipes could drink water. Proverbs 11.24 says to us, Proverbs 11.24, that some people give generously and end up with more. See that? While others don't give what they should and end up poor. Some give generously and end up with more. Others, they don't give what they should give and they end up poor. Now, where you are today is a result of what you have chosen to give yesterday. And it's not a determinant of where you will be tomorrow. Where you will be tomorrow is based on what you are doing today. What you are doing today. That's what determines where you will be tomorrow because others don't give what they should. But tomorrow they end up poor. But if you give generously tomorrow, you will end up with more. That's what it says. Proverbs 19.17 Proverbs 19, says, Being generous to the poor is like lending to God. We've explained this in Rafa Covenant. You know, being generous to the poor is about lending to God. God will pay you back for what you have done. So giving is an investment. Giving is an investment. Many of us, we carry our hard-end money and we give it to investment managers. And we are hoping that by the end of the season, they will give us you know, our interest. God is saying, I am the most reliable investment manager. Give to me. When you give to the poor, you're actually sending it to, to me. And I'll make sure you get it with an interest. Isn't that beautiful? And number seven, when I'm generous, God promises to meet all my needs. He will meet all my needs. Philippians 4, 17b and 19 says, this is Paul speaking. He says, I want you to have the good that comes from what? Giving. My God will use his wonderful riches in Christ. Jesus, to give you everything you need. All your needs supplied in the name of Jesus. None of you will live in lack and want in the name of Jesus. All your needs will be supplied. All your needs will be met in the name of Jesus. God promises that when I am generous, it will meet all my needs. Second Corinthians 9 Seven to eight. You see, we I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. I'm sure you, you've seen that to show you that these are words to live by, not the intelligence of man's, you know, wisdom. These are words to live by. It says that you should give as you have decided in your heart to give. Always give as you have what decided in your heart. Never give reluctantly or under pressure because God loves the person who gives cheerfully. Then, God will generously provide for you. <laughs> Amen. So that all in all things, at all times, you will have all that you need and plenty left over to give to others. To every good work. Now, let's break this down. Never give reluctantly or under pressure. I've said, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. If you ever feel pressured by anybody to give on giving, don't do it. Even me. 
You don't pressure people to just stay in the house. If you ever feel pressured by anybody, including me, to give, don't do it. Don't do it. If you go anywhere, you are listening to any show, and you feel pressure to give, don't do it. Say, so, but I will feel guilty. Maybe God will not be happy with me. No, God doesn't work like, like that. No, no, no. Don't. Pause. Don't do it. Again, you will notice here in God's favorite house, our pastors don't pressure people to give. No. We challenge people to give. It's up to you to make up your mind to give. To give. So, so that, that's one. Secondly, we, we see here that it says that because God loves the person who gives cheerfully, that's the premise. That's the premise. It says, then God will graciously provide. So you, you need to fulfill the premise, which is don't give reluctantly. Give cheerfully, but give you must. <laughs> you know, don't give reluctantly. Give cheerfully. It says, then, then God will generously provide for you. So that in all things, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in all things, at all times, you will have all you need in the mighty name of Jesus. And plenty left over. You know, someone has said, well, I give until it hurts. Or I've heard people say and challenge their congregation, give until it hurts. You know, give until, you've not given until it hurts. Sometimes trying to cost, quote, misquote David by saying, I will not give that which did not cost me. David did not say, I, I, will, not, I will not give if it doesn't hurt me. No, it says cost me. It must cost him something, it must cost you something. But how much is the field to David? It's not creating any hurt to him. But it costs him something. So to say that, Give until it hurts. It's it's like it's like elementary stuff, you know. Like I was saying to you, if you receive um, um five million versus how, what how you feel when you receive five million versus how you feel when you give five million, you should feel happier giving. And if you don't, here's the key: don't give till you hurt. Give till you feel good. So when you begin to give. And it's hurting. Continue. Until you break. You know, remember that priming of pump thing I told you about? Until you break through. When you give and it's hurting, it means you are still stingy. It is this tingle in you that is hurting. Keep giving. Let it keep hurting. After a while, it will be trained. And the joy of God will over overshadow it. Why? Because, of course, the flow will begin. Inadvertently. So God says, I am guaranteeing I will meet your needs. These are words to live by. God is saying, I am guaranteeing you I will meet your needs. Number eight, God promises he will multiply what I give. I mean, it's the principle of multiplication right here. God promises that he will multiply what I give. So whatever you give to God, God returns a lot back to you. A lot more back to you. The principle of multiplication. Whatever you need more of, give to God. If you need more time, give your time to God. If you need more energy, give your energy to God. You see, that's why you, you notice, I mean, if you give your time to God, everything is just a way of working out. I mean, I can tell you from experience. If you give your energy to God, you seem to just have almost... You, to people, they think, where does he get this all this energy from? Because I give my energy to God. You know, he multiplies it back to me. Anything you want more of, give to God. More time, give it to God, multiply it back to you. More energy, give to God, multiply it back to you. More money, give it to God, multiplies it back to you. That's how it works. Second Corinthians 9 6. Second Corinthians 9 6 says, Remember this. Who Ever so sparingly, from the NIV now, will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
So giving is not a debt I, I owe. Giving is a seed I sow. When, when you pay a debt you owe, you've paid the debt. So say, oh, I am indebted, I have to give. When you pay a debt, it's gone. That money is gone. It's gone to, to service the, the debt. But when you sow a seed, that money is not gone. That money is going to boomerang back in multiples back to you. 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11 now. It says, just as God gives seed to the farmer and bread for food, God gives you a supply of seed to plant. Then he gives it, then he makes it grow so that there's great harvest from your generosity. And God will make you rich enough to be generous at all times. So you can see that. With God, you can give by reason or you can give by revelation. You can give by reason or you can give by revelation. Giving by reason says, what do I have? What can I afford to give? Yeah, that's fine. That's level one. Giving by revelation says, what do you want me to give? This is you asking God, what do you really want me to give? Then you give what it says. And the truth is, the harvest is mostly not immediate. When we give, the harvest is mostly not immediate. You plant in one season, you reap in another season. You plant in the season, the, the sowing season, the planting season. But you reap in the harvest season, in another season. This is not gambling. This is sowing and reaping. You know, someone said to his pastor, waited for the pastor after service, and said to the pastor, Pastor, tithing is not working for me. You know, tithing is not working for me. And, and the pastor said to him, um, okay, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about that. <laughs> you know, so they sat down. You know, and, and the pastor asked him that. Um, when did you really begin to tithe? You know, and the guy said, I started tithing last week. <laughs> uh, he, started, he started tithing last week. You know, uh, and he was uh, people are looking for magicians. That's why a lot of fake pastors are out there taking advantage of people because people actually they have itchy ears, they are looking for magic and the pastor explained to him that you plant in one season you reap in another season you see and the consistency I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I mean knock this off I mean at some point is what makes the difference And encouraged him and, and you know, and I, he, he continued to tithe. <laughs> you know, Ecclesiastes 11.1 says, Be generous and one day you will be rewarded. One day it will come. Be generous. Keep at it. So there's mostly a time delay between sowing and reaping. There's mostly a time delay between sowing and reaping. And, you see, I want to give you a secret. Now, this secret is a secret because it's not commonly, popularly known. <laughs> you can automate your giving in a cascaded way. Let me explain. So, there's a sowing, planting season. Then there's a Wait time, then there's a reaping season. Sometimes the wait time is short, sometimes it's mid range, sometimes it's long. You don't determine that, I don't either. All we can control is our planting, 
We don't determine the wait time and the harvest. When the harvest comes, we can reap, right? So, here we go. Let's take this young man. Let's say it's planted, it's paid his tithe. Let's say the harvest, the reaping is here. If he pays again, the reaping comes here. This reaping is still coming, right? If he pays again, this reaping comes here, but this reaping is still here. By the time he's paying here, he's harvesting, right? He's harvesting here, right? The, what is paying here, the reaping is down the line, but the harvest of that one is enjoying it with the sowing of time of this one and is entering another harvest as he's sowing. He's entering another, so he's moving. So you've seen people, they've closed that circle. It's, when you look at them, it's as if they are moving from harvest to harvest to harvest to harvest. It would be foolishness for you to now stop sowing because all you have been enjoying harvest to harvest. Eh? That's when people begin to become philosophers. That's when they begin to say, well, maybe, you know, then until they experience a drought, then it has a way of resetting their brain. <laughs> then they have to wait again. Then they have to labor again. I've decided that there will be no downtime. <laughs> no, no, no downtime. And I will show you scriptures. Pastor, Pastor, this thing makes sense logically, you know, mathematically, it makes sense. Can you show us in scripture? I will show you in scriptures. Amos chapter 9, verse 13. Amos 9, 13 says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the one who gathers the harvest, the reaper. And the one who tread grapes shall overtake the one who sows seed. For the harvest continues until planting time. So harvest will be meeting, harvest will be meeting, harvest will be meeting, harvest in your life in the name of Jesus. That's what we see here. And this is how to work it. Harvest upon harvest. So, I mean, I'm always apparently in a season of harvest. And I'm always apparently in a season of sowing. And maintaining the two consistently is what makes a difference in people's lives. Oh yes, you can clap for Jesus. The point is this. Not understanding the workings of these things is what makes someone start tightening last week's Sunday. Then declare that God's word does not work. No, God is not a magician. It's not kalo kalo. It's a system. Everybody says system. It's a system. It's the system of heaven. You systemize your financial freedom. It's a system. So, number nine, God promises my giving. Is stored up in heaven. When I give, God promises that my giving is stored up in heaven. First Timothy 6, 1 Timothy 6, 18 to 19. It says, use your money to do good and generously give. Give generously, always being ready to share with others whatever God has given you. That's the premise. You are always ready to share. You are always generous. It says, by doing this, You'll be storing up real treasure for yourself where? In heaven. Which is the only safe investment for eternity. So you see that? You see that? When not only does God cause a harvest on earth, God increases your account in heaven. So he said, double win, double whammy. So God has a bank account for you in heaven. Jesus mentions this bank account five times. Check scriptures. He mentioned an account in heaven five times that has to do with giving. You know, someone say, oh, yeah, you can't take your wealth to heaven. You came naked, you are going to go naked. True, true, true. While you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead of you through giving. Yes, you can. You can send it ahead of you. When you give, it's been credited. You see that in scriptures. 
is being credited to your account. So any money that you give away, you are actually investing in eternity. Imagine people coming to you when you get to heaven. People are coming to you and they are saying, gracias, gracias, senor, gracias. And you're like, oh, I don't even speak Spanish. And he said, you gave for the church in Costa Rica. And through that church, we found Jesus. Jesus saved their, their souls and they are now in heaven. And you know, because the way, the way God was, there's an account. There's an account. Everybody that gave, the impact of the, the funds, everything. Because of your generosity, they grew in the things of God. Because of your generosity. There are people in this church that, are, that gave for the churches to be started in Costa Rica, for instance. You, you may never meet those guys, but it's recorded for you in heaven. That's how it works. That's how it works. So the, the, the question is, do you embrace this word? These words are words to live by. You, you only actually begin to live when you anchor your soul on the word of God. And it is the word of God that you do that you actually believe. And then, okay, pastor, if I really want to trust God, if I really want to start being generous towards God, towards things of God, where do I start? Where do I start? I mean, that's pretty simple. You start by tithing. That's where you start. You start by tithing. Tithing is 10% of your income. You start by tithing. And, and we see that from there, other things begin to follow. The popular scripture in Malachi chapter 3, 8 to 11, God starts negatively, but he ended positively in this, in this scripture. He says, is it right to rob God? He says, you are cheating me. You are cheating me, girl. You are cheating me. You are cheating me, guy. You are cheating me. God is saying you are cheating me. You know, yet you are robbing me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? How? You know, sometimes we, we play dumb. You're like, how, how am I robbing God? God is in the heaven. I'm here. How am I robbing God? It says, by not returning your tithes. You know, it's a returning because everything comes from God. Remember? So when we are giving our tithes, we are actually returning. Everyone say returning. We are actually returning by not returning your tithe and offerings. Bring your whole tithe. Everybody say whole tithe. Whole tithe. Into my storehouse that there will be food in my house. That is the premise. Premise. It says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Now the promise. And pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for you to store it. Then I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. So re remember, pay attention to where to bring in. So tithing is an act of worship at the house of worship. Tithing into my storehouse. Tithing is an act of worship where? At the house of worship. So giving to charity is not tithing. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. Giving to your sister in need is not tithing. No, 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 no. Giving to the poor is not tithing. Of course we give to the poor. You know that. You know, we are big on that. But it's not tithing. No. It's over and above. It's over and above. So, so why is tithing so important to spiritual growth, to your spiritual growth? Deuteronomy 14.23 tells us why. It says, the purpose, Deuteronomy 14.23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first. Shekinah. That is all God is doing. Always put, always return, always come and prioritize me. That's all. And when you do it, it's happy. And it does much more. So we see that it's actually a starting point. Starting point meaning, I, I mean, some of you know, I mean, my story. <laughs> but I would say, because we have new people in church, you know. I started off by giving 
and I increased it. I don't remember exactly to what now, but maybe to 12% to 15%. Then it became 20%. Then it became 22%. At least I think I remember 22%. Then it became 25%. Then it became um, 30%. Then it became something after 30 you know, <laughs> you know, and all that. I'm still going. I'm trusting that I will get to 90, 95% someday. Don't limit God in your life. Let the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, let them break open over you and see what God will do. So, here are the nine different rewards that God promises us if we learn to be generous with our money. So, it means I can count on God. These are words to live by. I can count on God to do these nine things. Number one, good things happen to me. Number two, my children will be blessed. Number three, he, God, will bless the work of my hands and my business. Number four, I will be happier. Who doesn't want to be happier? Number five, my influence will increase. I want that. Number six, I will end up with more. Number seven, it will meet all my needs. Number eight, and it will multiply what I give him. Number nine, my giving is stored up in heaven. What's the purpose of sending your money abroad and you don't have a visa to go abroad? What's the purpose of keeping a bank account in the US or in, in the UK or in Switzerland, but you cannot... There's no internet banking and you cannot even get a visa to Switzerland. <laughs> what's, what's the purpose? You know, if you need to get to Switzerland physically, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Every giving you have, you've made, listen, there's an account for you in heaven. What's the value if you can't even get to heaven? So I want to pray with you. If you're saying, Jesus is not the Lord of my life, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you wherever you are. I'm going to ask that you raise your hand at the count of three and the RP is going to come and take over from that, from here. Even if you are online, raise your hand. Then follow the instructions in the chat room and that will be scrolling on the screen. I always surrender my life. I used to be with God, but I'm back to the world. I want to come back. Pastor, can I come back? Yes, you can. I want to pray with you. That is me. I'm going to count up to three. At the count of three, I want to raise your hand. I'm going to count up to three. One, Two, three. Raise your hand wherever you are. Over your head. 